0: Hello and welcome to Hardly TV History, the show where three idiots talk about two TV shows for a probable audience of one. My name is Shannon and I was joined here as, as usual by Christian. Hey, how you going? And Jake. Howdy, hey. Today we're going to talk, guys, about two TV shows that are linked by a common bond, as we normally do for anyone playing at home. We're going to talk about crime families doing crime things as families, which is nice. It's a nice way of doing and, yeah. the crimes. Yeah. The crimes of so the family. If you haven't guessed already, we are talking about Gulliver's Island. No, we're not talking about that. We <laughs> yeah. are talking about The Sopranos and Sons of Anarchy as our new show for this for this round. Um, now, as usual in these these episodes, we have to put our um, our biases on the table really early. I personally think The Sopranos is the best drama of all time. So, I'm going to put that on the table right now.
1: How oh, do you get yeah, there so early? I'm so going to put early, I it Really
0: early because I think that'll flavor the conversation, and I want people to know um, this is the first round that I had watched Sons of Anarchy. The, so, the, it's the very first time I've seen any episode at all.
2: Right. But you, I, I just want to go back to that step, Shannon. The best drama of all time.
0: The single best drama of all time, I'm calling The Sopranos.
2: Right he's cool.
1: he said many times even the best TV show of all time
0: yeah, yeah, that's that's how high, high I hide this uh, I, I hold this TV show in uh, regard. so and you won't to, be surprised to know what I'm thinking about the pilot episode.
2: And just to g- gauge your confidence, Shannon, on a scale of say zero to a hundred, mm. how strongly do you hold this opinion?
0: Uh, this is this is a consistent opinion, and people who've who've listened to other podcasts that I've been on. Uh, will recognise that I say, oh, this is my favourite movie a lot. Um, I think I've been fairly consistent in saying this is the best drama of all time for a very long time. So I'm going to call it like 95%. Um, I'm I'm all in there. My Tony Sopranos tattoo that I've got on my chest right over my heart. Um, (laughs) Otherwise, it's just ridiculous. I'm just a man with a fat Italian guy on my chest and no one wants to be that guy. So that's that's how all I'm in I am, Um, you know. I've, I'm okay. gonna call. I'm gonna call. I'm gonna buy a boat just to buy, call it the Stugats. Uh, <laughs> that's where. That's where I'm at. But I will say, having said that, I've only ever seen The Sopranos through once, so so I hadn't and I hadn't seen any episodes for probably a good five years. So it was nice to get back into the land of The Sopranos, um, and I hadn't seen any of, of Sons of Anarchy, so that was a new experience for me too. What about you guys?
2: All right, I'll put my cards on the table. I have seen The Sopranos before, uh, many years ago. I, I'm not going to go as far as to say it was a, the greatest drama television television show of all time. It, it is excellent. In full disclosure, I have not finished the series, but I've watched every single episode except the very last one, which I've left unwatched deliberately. Wow. Okay. Yes. I want to hear
0: more about this tactic, but yeah, go on.
2: Yes, uh, and Sons of Anarchy I have quite enjoyed um, and I have watched it previously. I have done a recent rewatch um, not too long ago and I've also uh, also done, caught up on the, the spin-off series The Mind. So I am a fan of both television shows.
0: Right, so we've got a hardcore fan of sort of both.
2: Mm. I watch a lot of TV shows and a lot of movies
1: and the, the ones we've chosen I've seen nothing of. I've seen one episode of Sopranos and I think I've seen – Maybe half a season of Sen- Senators of Anarchy. I forgot all about it. So uh, basically fresh eyes from both on this one for me.
0: So so this should be either fascinating or terrible. Um, and really, that's a good way to look at this show as a whole. Um, it's either going to be interesting or it's going to be garbage. And I think if you take it with that mindset, you'll very much enjoy what we've got coming up for you. So th- <laughs> there you go. It
1: good. could go one of two ways. There's yeah. no third option. Yeah, there's, there's really you know, no in-between in with us, is there?
0: It's, there's no, no in-between with us at all. So, no. you know, that's what you've come to expect from this show that you, that's only just launched. Uh, so, you know.
2: In our defence, it is free. No one's paying anything.
0: And I think that's the thing everyone needs to remember. So back off, keep the angry letter bombs to a minimum, and yep. we'll just do what we're doing for nothing. Uh, for nothing.
1: Yeah. For your entertainment. We'll dance. For you. Are hey. you not entertained?
0: Never look a gift horse in the mouth. Otherwise, in our theme, it might end up in your bed. So <laughs> that's where we're going with this. So, you know, be on your toes is what we're saying to the audience at large. Yeah. Sopranos. Talk, talk to us about it. Tell us all about the Sopranos. How good is it? How good is it? Oh my god.
1: Unbiased.
0: Unbiased. <laughs> Unbiased. 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 Very unbiasedly, how good is it, Christian?
2: And sticking only to the pilot episode, the of first course. episode, yeah, because course. we don't wanna we don't wanna spoil any, any plot for um, points that might come out or um, v- venture beyond the, beyond the pilot. So The Sopranos. The Sopranos is a, a as you probably already, um, people have already guessed, it's a gangster mob um, television series following the, the the life of Tony Soprano, who's a, a mob boss based in, um, I think it's New Jersey, or, you know, very close by New York. He's part of a crime family. He runs his own crew. Um, and the episode starts off with Tony being, uh, us finding Tony sitting in the, in the, waiting room of a psychiatrist he's gone to get treatment for some kind of anxiety um anxiety uh, episode that he's been facing and through the episode we we've, we find the reason why he's experiencing all this anxiety because as you can imagine the life of a mob boss uh, in a crime family is kind of stressful and induces a fair amount of anxiety i think it's pretty pretty safe to say um, and the episode takes us through a really great introduction of all the characters and the world that Tony operates in you get an idea of the kind of um, businesses that he runs the ways he makes his money he talks about the psychiatrist about to the psychiatrist about certain events always alluding to them to the psychiatrist and never telling her the full story about what happens because she's very clear about her ethical boundaries um, and uh, but we do see Tony telling us I suppose the viewers through his own mind's eye, the, the series of events that are taking place, including um, murders, assassinations, vicious beatings of people who owe him and his gangsters money, and then very innovative, clever ways that Tony has developed, uh, figured out a way to turn situations where people are, you know, perhaps indebted to the, the crime family to uh, help them leverage those, that, those opportunities into uh, much more uh, lucrative opportunities moving forward.
0: Yeah, and I, I love this as a start point to a show and if you could have turned it the other way it could have been a comedy like the mob boss who's got anxiety um, but it it is a really you know crucial way of a peek behind the curtain because you also deal with Tony's his own family not his mob family but his his personal family mm. and the issues that they've he's clearly got there like he's got a lot going on mm. and he's juggling all of this and he's getting anxieties and largely because of the ducks you know mm. the ducks are the biggest <laughs> issue that he's got the ducks that landed in his pool is very attached to these ducks and then they fly away and it's a nice little metaphor. But yeah. he he's it's it's a real peek behind that curtain. That that I can't think of any uh mob show or or, or mob movie that really does any of that stuff that ever shows the mob bosses with a, a kind of weakness or a flaw like Tony does, and the fact that he's in therapy is such a, an interesting and intriguing. Way to start this show off And it runs the entire series It must be said Is that he's constantly in therapy So you get that juxtaposition Of what you see And what he tells Dr Melfi um,
2: Yes, but he does also He's very clear with Dr Melfi That people cannot know That he's seeking therapy And he, he's also telling his wife Because he, he eventually confesses to his wife And he's very upfront with being you're, Saying to her You're the only person I'm, I'm truly honest with And I can, I, can, I can tell you What's happening in my world um, and so he's very clear. No one can know about this because I will be I'll be I'll be murdered. Essentially,
1: yeah. I, I I like this the starting of the of the show, but I was bored the whole way through the first episode. Bored. I might be, I might be I might be in a minority here, but I just the guy didn't seem powerful, and I think that's the biggest problem. Is they they don't show him as as a rich successful mob boss. It looks like he's struggling and it looks like his business is struggling. I'm not sure if that's the point of the whole episode but to me it looks like he's not in control of the family. He's not a strong character. His accent is bloody awful. I know he fixes it throughout the year but it's bloody awful. And you can look at me with all your disdain all you want, Christian, but <laughs> it's bloody awful. Um, and I don't think the direction's really magnificent. It's a single cam um, thing. I know they won an uh, Emmy Award for the for the episode for being a single camera operation. But I I honestly, I just wanted something like those little moments of action were so few and far between. I was just, I was just bored.
2: I'll just jump in there to defend the honor of, of, of of the Sopranos here. And I'll point out that it's not an action, action series. It is very heavily set in the drama. Um, And the focus of this episode was pretty much exclusively on the character development exposition, um, so, but the the, ex, the exposition wasn't there for me. Like they
1: they show you sitting around a table talking. They don't explain who those characters are, what they do, um, where they what they're from. They look like they're all they they show they show like six different locations that have no uh, conti- uh, continuation throughout the episode. They show like a they show just different locations that aren't connected at all, which really bugged me, uh, or explain what they're doing there. Um, it just felt like a really dis, uh, disjointed uh, episode for me
0: there's a whole bunch of stuff I've got to pick up on. And, and first of all, I didn't realize we, we would get to the garbage portion of this podcast so early. So I apologize to the listeners, the loyal listeners who have heard a whole bunch of nonsense. Um, and th- that is prefaced by my bias, but I don't care. Um, f- first of all, uh, you know, he's clearly, he's clearly quite wealthy because the house, the setting of the house is, is a very palatial mansion almost in terms of the the, the house. So he's, he, he pretends that he's – and tells people he's in waste management, but he's doing particularly well. Um, he, he, but the house uh, is
1: the only 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 instance where you see that he's actually – and his crime members are doing wealthy. Yeah,
2: I, look, I think, think that's also
1: club. part of the character. Uh, they have a strip club, but they don't, they don't mention that he owns it. They don't mention that he operates out of it. So it's just he's randomly there with girls in the background, and then he runs off again.
0: In, in a is, private room.
1: In a private room. No, no, no. He's, he's, at, he's, at, he's at by himself in the open at the bar, the, talking the, on the phone in the, the middle higher, of the
0: day. The, higher converse, the conversation later in the episode is in a private room overlooking the the, the, the floor. So they're clearly mm. in a private room when he's talking to uh, the fixer, the guy that comes in to kind of work out how to deal with Junior, his his uncle.
1: Mm. Um, but even, even that, I, I know it's a pilot and I they haven't spent a lot of money on it, but even that looks, it doesn't look like they're, in a huge amount of authority, uh, and I I'm think- I'm, not saying, I'm, not, I'm just saying it, it could be the most amazing TV show in the world, Shane, And I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying the pilot episode just lacks polish.
0: I think I think in terms of in terms of Ga- James Gandolfini, and I will defend the dead, although I say, so Jake, you should feel bad about yourself because he is... I don't feel distance. bad
1: about it because um, he, he's... I'm, I'm told his accent gets a lot better, but in this one, it looks like he's sucking on a lemon the whole time.
0: I, I think his Jersey accent's actually really good, uh, and I, I didn't have a problem with the accent at all. didn't pick up on it. Um, Gandolfini or, or uh, Tony Soprano um, is not the biggest guy. There's there's bigger enforcers within the mob, the mob community. He's not there to be an mm. enforcer. He shows how brutal he is really early with... With his nephew and and chases that uh, the guy who owes the money down and breaks his leg, <laughs> in, in a pretty pretty swiftly you know he pretty swiftly cuts him down, runs him down mm. in front of everyone mm. with yep. zero regard for being caught for being charged. by police. I did like that. I did Nothing. like that. A lot. Like he mm. was brutal in that regard. He it's the quiet ones, the unassuming ones you have got to worry about. He's prepared through the episode to blow up his friend's restaurant in order mm. to stop Junior killing someone there. His his uncle. Um, so that it doesn't actually hurt the business later on. Like he's he's ruthless in that regard. And the fact that whatever he says goes, and that's really happens really early through the whole episode. Y- there's no doubt in my mind that when I watch this, he's in charge and he's well-respected. Um, despite the, the nigglings around them, there's always sort of conversations about, um, geez, if something happens with him, you know, someone's going to have to take over. His nephew's already kind of jonesing to get in there. Um, and that's, that's, that's the world we find Tony Soprano in. He's, he's vulnerable. He's at a vulnerable point, um, which is, which makes him the most intriguing character through the whole thing is he's, he's very powerful, but vulnerable at the same time.
2: Yeah. I think you've picked up on something really powerful there, Shannon. The, The truth is he's an incredibly ruthless character. And I also think he's very clever, very smart, um, and the point, the bit I was alluding to earlier on, when I was talking about, he's able to look at a situation and identify opportunities for them to leverage potentially a, a, a loss of income because a, someone they've loaned money to cannot cannot actually pay. He's actually figured out a way to leverage that into a way of uh, running a scam against a, an insurance company to um, to generate you know, greater income for for the family later on. So I think the keys to Tony's success are not being an imposing character or being. Um, I suppose like a high profile um, mob boss, like you might see in in The Godfather or whatnot. But it's being very unassuming, but being very ruthless, being very clever, and that's how he's made his way to the top.
0: Yeah, and we're, we're judging this only on the on the on the the pilot episode, putting aside the the no knowledge we do about Tony going through. I think mm. that comes through loud and clear through that pilot episode, and and the thing that that sets this show up, I think, is that juxtaposition between the ruthless Tony Soprano and the guy who can't even get his mum to like his CD player. You know, like he <laughs> desperately tries to keep his family together, his actual biological family, um, mm. but they kind of hate him at the same time. Like they've got absolutely no respect for him. His mum really mm-hmm. gives, doesn't give a shit and, and he he's ruthless outside and has a lot of power but cannot get his family to just listen to him.
2: Yeah, and I think that's that's a really good segue into talking about the weaknesses of Tony Soprano's character, because you are right, he's ruthless and he's powerful in the, in the mob family. But as you say, his own family, his mother treats him very, very harshly. Um, she's very dismissive of him. Uh, she idolizes his father he's always walking in the shadow of his father especially when he's interacting with his uncle and his mother is always referring to what a saint that his father was in his conversations with the psychiatrist he, he reveals a bit of background about the relationship between his mother and his father and he talks about his mother being I suppose very um very emotionally draining on his father as well and wearing him down and he's met, and he, Tony does have quite a lot of respect for his father he talks about the love that he had for him um, and how powerful and respected he was amongst, uh, you know, the the, the mob family. Um, and then you've got, you know, his family itself. His kids seem to be, you know, fairly independent. His daughter seems to have a mind, a uh, very much a, a strong willpower of her own, um, and which is causing his wife issues. His wife is is causing Tony grief because of some relationship and marital problems that they have. Um, so mainly so, Tony
0: Tony banging other women is part of it. I would have thought, but that's you know, absolutely, part yeah.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and she's, she's absolutely justified. But he's also got this tension where his wife is spending a lot of time with the local priest, um, and he's obviously that, very suspicious of that. that
0: be, is that not weird? I'd forgotten about that. Well, yeah. That's yeah. really, really strange.
2: Yeah. So it's a really
1: strange thing to randomly throw in there. Yeah. Why is the priest always over? Yeah.
2: Well, the wife explains that he's helping her with her Catholicism, so it's yeah. a spiritual mentoring type thing. But, you know, he's around at the house hanging out. He's got a bowl of popcorn watching movies with them.
0: Yeah, Uh, you know, I I loved, having not watched this for a very long time and and knowing my love for The Sopranos, I I love, I almost, I, I think I appreciated more the characters that were not overly explained because I think to me they're intriguing enough to go, I need to know more about that guy. I need mm. to know more about the two pussies. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, you just kind of get them thrown at you, and you're like, "Why is he called Pussy?" I need to know these things. You know, yep. you, there's a lot of characters that pop up that are very, very important through the whole series, um, mm. but don't really get explained. You're right, quite right, Jake, in saying these people don't actually get many lines or any airtime, and so you know, I think they're fascinating. But to me, that I was like, I need to learn more about them.
1: Yeah, I will say that they did a good job of leaving you hanging with a little bit of information and not giving you the rest. Like, I'm, I'm not saying I don't want to keep watching because I do. I just think the pilot episode wasn't as strong as Shannon, you made it out to be, number one. Um, and I, I think the wife character is is is, is brilliant. I think she's the, the perfect example of what you want to combat um, Tony's ruthlessness. And she's a bit of a, a bit of a, less of a word, is, is a bit of a bitch herself. Mm. But she needs to be. She needs to be that character to, to keep him in line. And I'm, I'm really in, intrigued about how her mother keeps say, his mother keeps saying that her, his dad was a saint. His dad was a saint, but I can't picture that as a as being a mob boss or being associated to the mob being a saint. So I'm thinking there's there's more obviously more to the story. And she even mentions um, the wife says that did you tell the psychiatrist about your father? Mm. And he kind of says yes, but not really. Like I feel there's a bigger a much bigger story there, um, and I'm excited to see what that would become.
0: Yeah, I, look. There's so many of these. There's so many of these avenue, story avenues that are thrown out there to, to to grasp onto the ones that you like to keep you coming back to the next the next episode. You know, there's so many. I think in in setting up Tony Soprano, you get a love of a family really early and a bit of a quirkiness in terms of the ducks, and you're like, what the hell's going on? What am I watching here? Yeah. And and then you see his violent streak really early, like his explosive. Let's like it's almost let's scare him and then it's like, nah, he's running. Let's fuck him up. And that's exactly what he does. Mm. Um, and, but then his cunning comes through straight away. You get the the real cunning of, well, I can turn this to my advantage now. How are you going to pay us back if you've got no cash? What are we going to do here? Now we're going to put it, set up a scam that's probably going to double or triple our our, our outlay. Um, and he thinks of this on the spot. What he can't deal with is his own family. He can't convince his, his uncle, Junior, to do what he needs him to do. He can't stop his daughter sneaking out. He misses his sons, but like he's all of these, he can't get his mum to appreciate his CD player. And she even says, I don't want anything to eat. And she makes him eat and he does it anyway. Like it's, there's all of these things that that you want, you see Tony in one angle. And I think in terms of a character introduction in a pilot, I can't think of a stronger pilot setting up of the, of the main character and enough of intrigue. And you are quite right, Jake. Camella is a incredible character that's set up really early. She's got her own shit going on too. I think that that's why the priest is there to be like, what, mm. what's all, what's her story, what's she on about, what's what's her, what drives her? Mm. Um, and I would have thought the, the, the family would be the most boring part, but to me, they're kind of the most intriguing in terms of how's he going to balance this crap? How, how do you, how does a mob boss have teenage kids and not know what they what he does? And how do you, how can he tell them off for doing anything wrong when he's a criminal? Like that's that's such an intriguing character arc
2: and keep in mind that Carmela is also not squeaky clean either so she's obviously very devout Catholic and she's hanging out with the priest a lot and telling Soprano it's it's you know, to further her, the, her faith and whatnot but I don't know if you, if you remember the scene where she's actually got cash stashed around the house in mm. in fake soup cans and things like that you know that could be something that Tony has awareness of but they never allude to that so so I'm going to assume that that's something that she's gone and organized herself which is something which is very ruthless in its own way
1: I think that's what that's what um, intrigues you to go on, but it also leaves you hanging a little bit in the pilot episode. If you're if you're deciding to watch, if you're going to keep watching this, like if you're basing it on one episode and going, "Do I want to keep going on?" I'm not sure there's enough details there to keep you intrigued. That they gave you rather than didn't give you. Um, there's little snippets of like the, the extra money, the relationship with the priest, um, little snippets and little bits of characters, but I'm just not sure there was enough in there to drag you in, and I'm not. I'm not saying it was was a. It wasn't a horrible pilot, but I wasn't dragged in by the story. See, X Files drags you in straight away. I think X Files hooks you and just reels you in. Supernatural, not so much. But I I wasn't. I wasn't dragged in and going. I have to keep watching. It was like, oh, I'll I'll get to it eventually. And that's what I got back from this from this pilot episode.
2: So just thinking about that there, Jake, so I'm just conscious that the Sopranos ran, had like an original hour runtime, So I think that works out to be 45 minutes or mm-hmm. uh, it's HBO. Actually, no, a, I think it's a full hour. Um, yeah. Yeah. Full hour. Yeah. It's a full hour episode. Uh, X-Files was, was half an hour, I believe. Mm-hmm. Is that right, Shannon? Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. So I wonder if, if that extra half hour of television show made you feel like it, it was stretched um, and, and didn't pull you in as much. Whereas the X-Files was you know, obviously much more sort of condensed.
1: I mean, possibly. I think *X Files* only had a short time to hook you in, so the the special effects and the intrigue had to be short and precise. Where this one was a bit, bit more dragged on, and we'll we'll show you more characters and we'll show you more of the family, but we won't explain everything. And I think I'm not sure if if the action part of it didn't hook me in. Like I wasn't, I didn't care about the action part of it. Uh, I may not meant to care, but it's the drama that. But there's the shock value of when he gets shot and. The way the way he dumps the body and the the the, the cavalier attitude towards killing people, mm-hmm. um, I don't. Know, I just I just wasn't I wasn't hooked instantly like yeah. I thought I would be.
2: Yeah, and I want to talk about that a little bit because that was something I picked up on. Um, and I just can't help but think, it yeah, you know, it's very the whole show is very nineties. You know, it mm-hmm. just it's,
1: oh, yeah.
2: all the all the all the clothing and all the all the technology and obviously is is very nineteen um, nineties. And I'm just thinking, yeah, you know, that point in time. Um, the mob was still in people's minds, but the dominant image was, I suppose, of you know the Godfather and Goodfellas and um, all these TV shows. Actually, in The Sopranos, Tony talks a bit about you know Henry Hill and and the old mobsters from back in the day, and he actually he's actually a bit sentimental, which is, I think, another one of his I wouldn't call them weaknesses, but it's one of I suppose the the intricacies of his character. Uh, and he talks to the psychiatrist about things were actually back in the better back in the day, and the people were better. And and you can't you get a bit of a vibe of you know. Of uh, this old this man aging and sort of looking at the world around him and going oh it's not the same as it used to be and he, he's kind of lamenting for a past that he never really experienced or mm. what he believed you know he he came into it too late is the, is the, the phrasing he sorts of uses um, when there was a good thing you know just immediately you know in his in his father's and his uncles in his uncle's time
0: yeah he he, he laments the fact that everyone's absolutely everyone is kind of kind of undercut him everyone's messing with his stuff. And mm. then he's got his whole bunch of family issues as well. And, I mean, let's not forget, Tony is the is the central point here. Everyone else is there as a supporting cast, really. Mm. Um, and so you only need enough seed to, to kind of get interested in, in what their story is. Um, the, the, the dialogue with Kamala with towards the end of that episode where he talks, she talks about, well, you're going to hell and I'm not, is a fascinating to me because she's, she's clearly living off the benefits of, of crime. She knows what Tony does. She's, she doesn't actually think he's in waste management. So she's living high on that on that lifestyle, and yet sits in judgment and talks to the priest about being a good Catholic. And I just that that is an amazing juxtaposition to me. And to me, that was the hook: is how how is she how is she okay with this? How can she be okay with the kids growing up in this environment? And he's balancing all of that with the weight the world on his shoulders, with you know at any time it can break out with a with an ugly war in 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 house fighting, people that want to try and usurp power. Um, and just trying to deal with the running of the business as well, and I just, I just think the fact that he he collapses and has a has an issue and a, a, a fatal flaw almost is just makes him such a such a fascinating character. Like I just want to see him do to deal with all these issues, um, and he's clever too. You see him be clever about the way he goes about his his work.
1: I think it's so interesting as well to have the the legitimate operation there as well. Like he's clearly doing dodgy stuff, but the waste management. Side of the start of the thing is is legitimate from what I can see, um and he's still trying to set up meetings and still trying to to do normal business. I mean, it might be dodgy the way he goes about it and gets new contracts, but he's still grilling the cousin at the start of the episode. Did you call this guy? Did you meet for a meeting? You know, then he 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 still pushes to do the legitimate side of the business.
0: Yeah, it's the it's the face of the the business, but there's the all the other stuff going on underneath and. You know, I think it, there's a whole bunch of just, of just little little snippets that shows how powerful he actually is, that, that getting Malfi a table straight away, as soon as he sees her out yeah. at the restaurant, just goes, get her a table, and it just happens. And the way that her partner reacts to, to seeing him, he's, he's clearly a well-known entity. At no stage of the police mentioned at all. You, you don't even get a sense yeah. that there's any law enforcement that can touch him. To me, that just sets him up as so powerful in this world, in this universe. And I just wanted to really quickly touch on the universe feels really lived in. It feels fleshed out in and he's an incredible achievement in such a short amount of time to make you feel it's very, it's very movie like in a sense that I, I know this setting, even though I've never lived there, and I understand who's who in the zoo by watching this to me. Like that was that was what I got straight away. I know Tony's powerful and I know what he's what he's doing, and all of these people are prepared to live and die by his word. And that's what I that's what I got out of that.
2: Yeah, Shane, I just want to pick up on that because he, even though you don't see the police and he doesn't really talk about them too much, he does mention to um the to, to the doctor that he's afraid of Rico. Uh, you know, the law that that the U.S. government uses to actually go after mobsters for you know racketeering and whatnot. Mm. So he is conscious of it and he's feeling the pressure. And he talks about that being an anxiety thing because the government's coming in and and you know ruining out the good thing we've got going on um but what's fascinating to me is the mindset that he has you know the government's coming in ruining a good thing and you know it, you kind of i did a double take and step back and go hang on mate you're actually a criminal you know you're a criminal you know what you're doing is illegal you you just you know a couple of minutes ago earlier in the episode you beat the crap out of someone who owed you money for illegal gambling debts you know so it's it, i think it's really important to keep that in, in context but it's 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 fascinating to see him justify his his position and his decisions and the way he makes his, his living, um, and then feeling oppressed by the government when he's deliberately skirting, <laughs> and that's how he makes so much money.
1: I don't know, Sean. I to disagree about the he he seems powerful. I, I just I get the 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 idea that he's not as powerful as he thinks he is in a way. Like I think he by the way he's, his his uh, cousin talks, uh, the way his uncle talks. Um, and the way you know he, he's portrayed, he, he just doesn't never seems to be fully in power to me. Even even the way the the bartender can't get his order right, and he threatens him, but he doesn't seem phased by the threats. He, he doesn't seem like you know he's doing good by his family, but he never seems to really demand that from his family that I've seen yet. Yeah, and I think um, that's it, that's it, the
0: it, fatal flaw with with Tony is that his his family, his biological family, is his issue, is his weakness. Yeah. And so he's powerful with everyone else but he's got these elements that that intersect to both his personal life and his business life that are that are troublesome because they're family members. And because he has such a love of his dad and you know there's that whole he clearly loves his mum. Um and she gives him nothing back. This is this is Tony's issue. His stress, his his anxiety is because of his family. Um and that's that's th- that's the intriguing part about him. You're right, he doesn't command respect from someone like Chris Moltisanti, his nephew, who should revere his uncle. Um mm, and you know hard. and and he's a kind of a bit of a smart ass and doesn't and and Tony mm. doesn't rein him in. Um mm. he he cannot control his uncle even though he's he's in charge and and they explain that his uncle always thought that he was going to be in power, he was the next boss and Tony took over. Mm. And so you know, there's that there's that underlying burning kind of, and that's that's also juxtaposed by his own family, really disrespecting and not giving a shit, and kind of thinking he's a bit weird. You know, mm. the fact that he loves his ducks is they're kind of just like, oh yeah, whatever, dad. And he's this yeah. big, pop, powerful mob guy. You know, who they don't give a shit about.
2: Yeah, and, and they laugh at him. And what I found really interesting is Tony's son has absolutely no inclination, at least in that first episode, to be interested in what his father does or following following in his father's footsteps. Whereas Tony talks about you know looking up to his dad always and looking at the respect that his father had around around other 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 men of the crew, um, and you know his son just isn't interested in it. And I think that's a, a really good um, that's that's a really good example of how his family are completely disconnected from. The what he does and who he is and and the 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 world that he lives in
0: and you know family's really really critical in in our next show as well in sons of anarchy um and i I think you know there's such a such a critical theme that i i didn't realize was there is that um it's not only it's not only a crime gang which you know the sopranos is about but it's also really intrinsically linked and those those themes of the dad running through both is is in in, in both uh, yeah. especially in both seasons. So, um, Jake, Sons of Anarchy.
1: Yeah, so Sons of Anarchy is uh, basically it's a it's a motor motorcycle gang um, who run weapons and drive, i oh, not drugs, sorry, weapons um, through their warehouse. And basically, it's it's just the the first look at at J- uh, Jax, who's the the main character. He's second in charge to his uncle. Ron Perlman's character. Is it, it's not an uncle, is it? It's, it's a stepfather. 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 Stepfather, and it's it's a big. And like he's, in there. he's he's grown up with him anyway, around his lot, been with, with his life the whole time. It's a,
0: it's a mud um, puddle in there.
1: That's for sure. Yeah, his his mother's now with the leader of the gang who uh, used to be um, used to be Jax's father, um, and basically it's just it's just the the rundown of, of how they command this town. I think it's charming yep. in, Cara, in in California. Um, and you just look at have a quick look at all the gang members and and the the basic rundown of of what they do on a day to day to get some money through the town. Um, it's a small outfit, from what I can see. There's only about fifteen members. Um, but yeah, it's, it's it's more about the how how Jacks Jacks yep. um, operates while being the young duck in in, in, the, in the shadow of his father,
0: Who, who's also now the vice president of the of that chapter. Yes. So he's taken over from his father's kind of reign as president and he's now vice president to his stepdad who was also his dad's best mate.
2: Yeah, that's right. So the the idea, the the story goes that, um, Jax's father was, was friends with, um, with, with Clay, um, Ron Perlman's character. Um, Jax's father has died at some point in the past and, um, and Jax's mother has wound up with um, Clay, who's become the new club president. And in time, Jax has become vice president. And in the episode, they talk quite openly about the succession path of eventually um, Clay, the, the, the current club president, will retire. He can no longer ride. He's got issues with his hands that Gemma and him have a conversation about. Um, and so Jax will then take over the club and step into that, that leadership position. So it's very much, um, uh, very. it's almost futile, and Jax actually refers to um, Clay at points through the episode as the king. Um, mm. And, you know, by definition, that makes Jax the prince who's going to succeed, you know, when when the king's reign is over. I see where you're going with this, Christian. Mm. I
1: see with your prince and king analogy. Yeah. That <laughs> um, you've mentioned before. It's it's basically a, a modern retell of Hamlet, I believe. Um, and it, it start, you start to see the... The tension building between them—that Ron Perlman's character Clay wants to keep it basically old school, keep it to guns—and Jax wants to take it in a new direction. He thinks there's there's newer opportunities out there that doesn't have to be drugs, but newer opportunities out there without resorting to just basically being gun runners.
2: And yeah, protection. that's right. So the club makes an income from running guns and, and basically violence, um, and which costs costs them a lot of um, a lot of. Um, blood and to prison time, to be perfectly honest. And we find out in the first episode that Jax's best friend, who's a character named Opie, has just um, spent some time in prison for the club. They don't really talk about what, what happened, but um, effectively the idea is if you get caught, you go to jail, and when you get out, you come back to the club and they, they take care of you. Um, and uh, and it's, it's a very interesting relationship that the club members have because the club members – all seem to interact with each other as family. They refer to each other as brother, and they hug quite a lot, which is very different for, uh, very unusual for our portrayal, I suppose, of uh, you know criminal gangs. Like in the Sopranos, you don't really see them. You don't really see the the men hugging or showing any kind of you know over uh, overt emotion or affection to each other. I mean, I think that they they do kiss on the cheek and things, but I think that's more of an Italian thing rather than a yeah. than than a than a um, a sense of familiarity or connection or or, 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 or or care for each other.
0: The, the main the main driver in this this episode is the fact that uh, Jax's uh, ex-partner is pregnant with his child um, and she's still a heroin addict, which I immediately got giddy at because the actress that plays uh, Wendy, his ex, is also from The Sopranos. You didn't see her in the pilot, but she comes and she's very important <laughs> later on. So it's that's, that's Adrian, which is... Chris Moltisanti's uh, partner, long-suffering partner through the whole, the whole of the, the run of The Sopranos, basically. So um, Ooh, I was sure, all very excited attitude. about that. I was like, "We found the link, guys!" Yeah. I was very excited. <laughs> That's
1: it. That's the only link we found. It's the That's the only link. Was I was great. very
0: excited to find it. But she, she's pregnant um, now. Leela from Futurama. She finds her. Um, yes. <laughs> I was very excited to see Katie Segal going. Doing back and looking amazing, by the way. Yeah, so, go is to girl is, uh, is is Jax's mother. Finds uh, her f- on the floor um, after ODing, and um, and then there's the the, the running thread of um, is the child going to survive or not, um, mm. and the payback that kind of comes through that. So you you get to see the brutality of the club um, mm. of Jax particularly in terms of taking it out on people on the on the heroin dealers that gave that sold her the. The heroin, um, but um, you know that's that's probably the highlight of the episode. Really, is that kind of the the violence and the anger that comes mm. through that. I, I was a, it was a bit muddled in terms of in terms of its setup. I I, I can't say I enjoyed this one, guys.
2: Oh, okay, interesting. That's that's interesting take. I agree with you. The violence is actually much more pro- pronounced in in Sons of Anarchy than it is in. Um, than it is in the Sopranos. It, Sopranos is much more, much more subtle, even though there is, you know, extraordinary violence in terms of um, Tony Soprano running someone down in their vehicle and beating, beating people up, and there's a basically a mob execution that takes place in the in the pilot episode um, with Sopranos. In Sons of Anarchy, there's you know running gunfights and lots of people die and and bodies getting burned in fires and it's it's very much gory. So there's an inst- instant contrast between those two and it's in, and and the world that those two those characters live in. So although there are a number of similarities which you've already sort of touched on, Shannon, with, like, the links of family and how important that is, and there's a number of other links I think we'll, we'll discuss as we go along, That that is a sharp difference. There is much more violence. It's much more gory in Sons of Anarchy, um, and I, I I wonder if that's just partly due to the producers trying to get the shock factor into the, into the production to attract people, because I also note that the cast in Sons of Anarchy are actually, when you look at it, they're objectively much more attractive than the the cast and the Sopranos. The Sopranos are very dour, plain-looking. I don't want to I don't want to call they're, them. They're stereotypically uh, mob mob
1: guys, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Well, overweight uh, Italian guys.
2: They're, yeah, they're, they're overweight Italian guys. They are unattractive men, basically. Um, at, and in that sense, it's it's a bit more gritty and realistic. Whereas uh, the characters in Sons of Annika, they all seem to universally be you know. Uh, orders of magnitude, much more attractive.
0: I don't think uh, anyone's calling Ron Perlman attractive, but that's, I, was I think he's say, just...
1: I was going to say, Ron Perlman was just, just a, a, the weirdest looking dude on who's like a main character. Well,
2: not to my taste, I agree, but you know, compared to someone like uh, um, Junior, Uncle Junior in, in Sons of Anarchy... Uh, can, in, we, can, in can we just Roman. go through
0: what is your taste, Christian? I just I'm just just <laughs> I, I,
2: I think we'll, we'll leave that one on the back burner for a bit later on down the road, Shannon. You've got to leave... <laughs> it's all the extras,
0: guys, because Christian's yeah. going to do his top ten <laughs> sexy... <sencier laughs> In Hollywood, <laughs> um, you know, you know what it is about this. This that I was thinking about the other night. Um, I don't think there's any likable characters here, um, and I think I think in Sopranos, Tony is a character you are supposed to like, even though you are not. He's he's not a particularly likable man. Um, he he he's got a little sense of humor. He's he's humanized very early with the ducks and the family and all the things that that come out of that episode. He's got a bunch of. Um, you know, he, he's he's witty and he's he's quick in terms of his thinking. I don't think Jax is a particularly strong, likeable person. And I think they tried really hard with the – my dad was trying to get out of the motorcycle gang and he, he left a box of stuff with – and I'm sad after looking at it. And, oh, my kid nearly died and I'm also sad about that. I, I just didn't – I didn't care. I just had no emotional yeah. attachment to anything he was going through. Um. And yeah, he he he's powerful in the fact that he's a young, built, solid kid that can beat the shit out of someone. But he wasn't—I didn't get a threatening vibe from anyone. I didn't get a, quite a strength in character of those guys, and I just didn't like any of them. Um, I think
1: they were going for the. the, the...
0: I fucking love the Elvis guy, man. He he. Yes.
2: Nah, <laughs> <I just laughs> <laughs> Bobby uh, Elvis is uh, sensational. I love him as a character. The other character that I really love in this show is actually not one of the gang members. It's um, Dr. Tara Knowles, who is sort of, in the first episode, you kind of see her as a bit of a potential love interest for Jax, um, played by Maggie Siff. I think Maggie Siff is sensational in pretty much everything she's in, but um, um, I thought I really like her character and I find her really interesting. I think they were going for, the like, the...
1: the He wants to, to do the right thing by by his club and by his... Um, mother, but he's also, uh, what's the word, conflicted about killing people for the sake of killing people. Um, he only really killed someone when he was in self-defense. So, I mean, he's happy to beat them up, but I think killing them might be um, crossing the line Yeah, for him. but
0: he's not Batman.
1: Like, no. Batman so he, gets he, to run that he's not, line. He's not meant to be a good guy, um, but I think they, they're more going for, the look how attractive and he's on a bike and look how hot he is, um, to bring the people in. Um, to get that across is he's a, he's a good guy I and mean, you should follow him rather than what his actions are doing. He he kind of – he needs a
0: save the cat moment then, and I don't reckon he had it. You know, that no. that that no. real standout, he's a good guy. You know, the thing with his kid, it's like, well, mate, you left your heroin-addicted partner to sit in the – like, I just don't think anything there is particular. He, he walks out on that kid. Like, he doesn't. Sit there and, and. And then he goes write, and does and a stu- mission
1: while he has, has surgery's doing a mission. Yeah. And then comes back at the end and cries with his mum and it's like, oh, all is better now. Um, there wasn't that redeeming moment where he's like, he, no, he actually is a good guy. But he just does bad things.
2: Yeah. Look, I'll defend the episode in that because it's actually laying, planting the seeds for. And this this basically, I suppose, where the cracks start showing in the relationship between his his intimate family, like his his mother and his stepfather and and himself. And you see that in sort of the final episode of the, the final scenes of the pilot, where at uh, Jackson, he's, and his mother and his new son, are, uh, uh, Jackson's mother is standing there looking at his new son, and and she's comforting, holding him. And then Ron Perlman Clay Morrow is he, of like in the background looking on, and he's very clearly framed as. Uh, very deliberately framed as the outsider looking in, and you realise that hang on, there's, there's actually division in the family, and there's these fault lines there, and the fault lines are also coming out in the relationship between Jacks and Clay, where Jax is actually wanting to potentially take the club into different directions, which is actually being fed by the ghost or the voice of his father through the manuscript that Jax has found.
0: Yeah, I just I think you've got to make him likable, and I just don't know that because you they, they you know the show wants me to pick a side, right? Mm. I need to follow someone. I want to. I want to hear more about this guy. And I just don't care about anything he's got to say or do. Or he just seems like a little bit of a wet blanket, a loss across uh, the top.
1: I do think Katie Siegel's the best part. Man, she's is, so is the best Man, part is of the whole. She not She, she, she mm. commands attention and the screen when she, whenever she's on it, mm. and you can tell how powerful her little chirping in the background to Ron uh, to to Clay's. Mm. Uh, in the background, having their their nightly talks about what's going on and how powerful her words are, yeah. um, and even even you know, Jax takes notice of her as well. But I think she's going to, well, to me, she's going to be the true driving force and holds everything down in this series. Yeah, I don't, I don't think um, Charlie Hunnam's a, a good enough actor to really keep the story going. And if it sticks to him and him only, it's going to struggle. Mm. But I think if there's if there's more of, of uh, Katie Sagal... Seagull, 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 um, Seagull. I think she's just amazing. She was, she was empowering in this episode.
2: Yeah, the bits that that fall over for me is I think the writing isn't as strong as it could be. Um, I think the characters could be could be uh, and the dialogue could be better, and the scenarios could be more thought through. And and some of the things that happen are, are a bit unrealistic. Um, I think a lot of that is saved by the strength of the actors. So I think Katie Seagull is, is is an is an excellent actor, and she does a a, a fantastic job. Um, I love the con. When we're talking about The Sopranos and and Sons of Anarchy. I love the I love the comparison between Gemma in Sons of Anarchy and Tony Soprano's mother. I found that really interesting because they're both strong women who are effectively um, dominating their, their the men in their lives and steering them, and manipulating them in certain ways, and kind of running them uh, running them down and and using them for their own purposes. So that's a link that we probably hadn't really explored before. which I, I really quite enjoyed.
0: Yeah, I, I also wish the the overarching kind of revenge was, was better. I I, I was um you know, oh they, they burnt down our factory and we're a bit bummed about it, so we're gonna go like I to me that was just a bit wet and it was a bit who cares? I don't care about gun running. I don't think anyone really gives a shit about gun running. I just think a criminal enterprise it would have been better if it was something more drastic and they had really had really stuffed up the other gang. Like I I just was waiting for a really big bang, and it was like, oh yeah, they knocked off a couple of lower soldiers, and that was kind of it. Um, and that same
1: problem, Shan sorry, Shan, I think the same problem we had with Supernatural last, last time was that the they tried to do too much with it at the one time, and the B story got really washed up. Yeah, and I think that they they didn't they didn't use the time that they had correctly, just like Supernatural.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. And I just you know, I think that that opening scene where they they're at the the side of the of the where it had burned down, where they a discover the two two immigrant workers and they basically just go get rid of the bodies and and they're supposed to be presenting a callousness to these these people. And I get that. That's that that's the kick the cat moment. You make the make this guy the, the villain. So we we're supposed to dislike and and be be turned off by that. Um and we've also got law enforcement there that's clearly on the pay. What really shitted me was giving the dude cash Mm. on the site in front of other colleagues. Like nobody does that in the history of, of bribes ever. Like it just seemed, it was really dumb and it was broad daylight. At least there
1: should, there should have been an envelope, you know, a little, you just just know that this is your guy that's been paid
0: off. Like that's yeah. he's your guy, and you can do that a multitude of ways without the dude, the lead investigator, being like at the site just going, "Oh, by the way, um, yeah, we burnt this. They burnt this down. There's guns in there." Where he was in front of everyone. Oh, the, you know, the fire guy's looking at it. <laughs> no, I, I did. As soon as that happened, I was like, "What the? What am I watching here? Well, this is really it sh- poorly It, it done. should have
1: been more like, he, uh, we'll "Add two thousand dollars to your normal kick or something like
2: that."
0: You know, the, the sopranos talk in riddles when they talk on the phone. They 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 talk about a whole bunch of stuff that's not. Hey, I'm going to give you cash for this. I just there's a smarter way of doing that.
2: And and that's the the point I was raising before in terms of the writing. Like it's a it's a it's a lazy and cheap and quick way of trying to get across the point. Hey, these guys are really corrupt. Here, look at you actually really obviously directly see them handing over cash in broad daylight in a really basically you know, corruption. Um,
1: is, is that is that a, is that a power thing as well? Like we're so powerful, we don't care if people see us giving money. I, I, I don't think that's it. I don't think that's it either. But
2: I'm, I'm not, that, that's what they could have been going for. You know, I still think it's stupid. But that's what they could have been going for. Yeah. Look, and if you were going to do that, you'd have to make it sure, make it really obvious that that people are seeing it, and then you would want someone commenting on it, and maybe like a firefighter or something saying, "Hey, is just got taking money," and then the, an older firefighter sort of explaining yeah he's on the take you look the other way and everyone gets okay that's how you would have done that they didn't do it and and so it just looks sloppy to me
0: yeah or or you have them put pressure on the cops to show their power that the cops Mm. are afraid of them too you know like that's that's the way you do that thing it looked like he handed him like 25 bucks and an old burrito that's what it looked like to me it didn't there was no it was just this real half-assed attempt to he's clearly already on your books right the fact that you even approach this guy and be like, tell us what's going on. And he just out with it. And then they pay him. So does that mean every time he gives you tips, you pay him 400 bucks? Like it, mm. it just, it was really sloppy. And I just, I didn't like that. I thought that was really bad. And i just, I didn't care that their thing got burnt down and then they went and killed the other. Like who cares? Because
1: like, it, I think it was because it was so early. Like there was no establishment of what they own, what they do, who they are at all. You, the first get, the first thing you see is them walking into a burnt warehouse um, and it wasn't even their hideout. It was just their warehouse. They're mildly
0: um, miffed is what I got out of that. Yeah. They were, they were they're not, they're mildly de- m- inconvenienced by this. Um, and they, were, they went and spoke to the people who they was because they they were effectively middlemen, right? They accepted mm, the mm. weapons. They were selling it to someone else. That's all they were doing. Yep. And so they were like, oh, well, we'll just go and source it from somewhere else. They want it now. That's that's the driver is, will do they want it? And now we can't give it to them.
2: Um, and, and they've already been paid for, and so they spend a bit of the episode scurrying around trying to gather the the guns from different charters of their club. You know, around what the I'm place. saying
0: is is raise the stakes, and you could roll that all into one and have, you know, I know they clearly want Jax's uh, son to live through through this, but put put the fact put them both together on a collision course where they go after Jax's pregnant ex wife, and nearly oh. cause the death of the baby and you roll both of those circumstances in together family's important you fuck with my family both families i will go gu- we will take you down and that raises the stakes significantly is the baby going to live or die if the baby dies these guys are gone like they are they are this is war all out and and the baby lives so they just take a smaller amount of revenge and you roll the beating and the all in together I just think that, that th- would have raised the stakes for me.
1: Yeah, I think I think the baby being born in the first episode really muddles everything up. Um, I think they're trying too hard for for Jax to be the good guy um, and show them how badass they are at the same time. Where I think, as you said, they, they should have rolled, either rolled into one or done one at a time. Um, establish their badassers first, then the second episode they had the baby, or you know, establish that she's pregnant and they don't get along and she's a junkie. Yeah. Um, how they broke up. Establish that first, and then go into the the, the B plot. Like I think the, they're just they're trying single, to do two A plots that didn't yeah, work.
0: The single most menacing scene in that entire show is when his mum confronts his ex wife, oh. and mm. and gives you know you need to study the Bible, and inside the Bible is a full shot of heroin.
1: Yeah, is
0: is a she's
1: just so, she's so good.
0: ruthless and evil act to someone already in hospital, and and that and is pain. so menacing. And, and like.
1: And she's already upset. She's already depressed, and you just you just pile it on. There's no sympathy. Um,
2: well, she effectively says, sympathy, "Kill yourself
0: right now. Here's yeah, your, here's yeah. meal, go kill yourself."
2: Not not effectively. She's pretty she pretty outright. The best thing is for you to die right now.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: This and, is the best. thing that,
0: that is cold and calculating and heartless. And that is exactly what you want out of a motorcycle gang. These guys are pissy about some weapons, mm. like. And 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 he's pissy that someone sold his ex drugs and so he goes and like beats him up. And that's we've seen people beat people up in every movie forever. Like I, I just don't I don't have that emotional connection with that. I the far more ruthless thing that stuck with me was the needle scene rather than, than any kind of gang war. Yeah. To me it wasn't he also had a bunch of people standing with him to to look after him as well. Like, Tony yeah, Soprano the, a gun point their face. went after that dude in broad daylight with no regard about what was happening. Everyone expects these seedy underbellies to be at each other's throats. Tony's like at a, at a, a you know, a HMO. He's at a, he's at a medical insurance, you know, where people are just going about their day. And he goes and beats nearly to, you know, breaks this guy's leg. I just... I thought that was far more menacing because he gave no regard to the consequences. Whereas you know, fun too. you know drug dealers are not going to go to the police about a beating. They're going to deal with it themselves. So the stakes to me don't get very high. And and, and that's that was the criticism I had is that I just didn't invest in his characters because the stakes weren't high enough.
2: Yeah, look... And I think the interesting thing about Sons of Anarchy and, and Gemma's character, you know, she is Ruthless and you, you say exactly right, She she's exactly what you'd expect to see in a motorcycle game. Um, and you, you got the, the, the hint in the episode that, or the strong inference that she's kind of the matriarch of the whole operation and she's kind of the power behind the throne. Um, and, and, Jake, you sort of mentioned before that, you know, because we've all talked about Sons of Anarchy before and I've, I've commented and made the point that it's effectively a modern retelling of a Shakespearean play in, in Hamlet. Um, even down to the fact that there's a stepfather who's the king, and there's a prince who um, discovers—you uh, know—I won't spoil the plot. But if you're familiar with Hamlet, you'll understand that the the the, the plot is don't spoil a...
0: Hamlet for those those listeners who hadn't, yeah, hadn't seen
2: Hamlet it's, before. It's, yeah. it's pretty new, only been out what 500 years or something. So
1: yeah, something
2: like that. <laughs> One of the most famous plays in the world. Maybe yeah, whatever. yeah, whatever. Uh, to Basically, to, to summarise, um, there's a prince uh, who discovers that his his father was um, murdered by his stepfather and his mother, um, and he goes out seeking revenge and, and whatnot. whatnot. So, Hit
0: by a semi trailer? Sounds- Is that that was the way he was killed? Right. Well,
2: Dreadful that was in from the maneki. Yes, yes. Yeah. Sounds
1: we, like a cartoon. We know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> mm. um, um, so yeah, I think that's a really interesting thing to play at. and and also keep in mind that the that the character of Gemma is, um, she really falls into, there's, there's, a, there's a, I've read analysis of Hamlet before where, where the Hamlet's mother is described as a seemingly virtuous queen and to me that's exactly what Gemma is. Hmm. The,
0: I was actually sitting there after watching both of them and thinking about Game of Thrones, another familial um, kind of, you know, episodic, very large scale. And I'm thinking about the characters that are so threatening. None of them actually physically do the violence against others. They're, they're cruel um, in, in a lot of the cases. You don't actually ever see, um, you know, you don't see the characters like Cersei, um, you know, actually commit violence against someone else, but they are very cruel in what they say and their, and their directions to others to carry that out is, is incredibly cruel and calculating. And I, I think I would have liked to see, I, I know motorcycle gangs have got, Strength and they want to, you know, throw their weight around. But I really want to see someone really calculating and cold, with very little disregard, um, without being the one that gets gets Punchy McGee. And I think, you know, if we could, if if that could replicate it, and I think, you know, Sopranos has got that in a in a way. Tony is Mm. he's actually very calculating and cold. He's Mm. also prepared to go and get his hands dirty. Like he'll he'll beat the shit out of someone if he has to. Um, So that's I think that's was missing that really. And that's why we got the Katie Segal character who did it so well, but I was, I was expecting more out of that.
2: Yeah. And, and that's spoiling too much of like the future plot of the series, you know, Jax's character develops and we learn that he's actually a pretty clever cookie and he, you know, manages to orchestrate some really interesting, um, uh, really interesting plots that, you know, further the cause of the club and, and him and himself and his family um, in really innovative and really clever strategic sorts of ways. Um that, that work out really well, but that doesn't come through in the first episode, mm. so it's, it's a, something for further on down the road. So you, you do see some of that a bit later on, but yeah.
1: I think that, I think the problem I have with, with both these these pilots is that the Sopranos isn't giving you enough information and Sons of Anarchy is trying to give you too much information. Um, that's the problem I found for me, that, that I was a little bit confused with Sopranos of what they own, what they operate, what they're doing, why the guy's getting murdered. Um, so so easily, but then Sons of Anarchy, I'm like they, they throw all this information that you don't care about at you so quickly, and there's no happy ground between the two. Um, but I will say, I think even though Sons, uh, even though Sopranos is older, it was shot a hell of a lot better than Sons of Anarchy was. Really, I, I I think they were going for too much Hollywood, uh. Hollywood looks and Hollywood explosions and look how big and bad we are where Sopranos was more uh, subtle and we're going to tell you a story about characters rather than focus on the
2: action and mm. the look of it. I think that's a really good summary and it's interesting you say that it, it, you know, they went for a bit, a bit of a Hollywood sort of vibe because I, I was watching Sons of Anarchy and my partner happened to be in the room and she made the point point. she said, I feel like I'm watching a movie um, because of the way that the the, the episode of Sons of Anarchy was made and the, the, the effects and, and the pacing as you say.
1: Yeah. Can I just add on as well You can kind of You can see ones Made by HBO Ones made by I think it was FX Yep When it was first came out And you're just like Yeah I can tell That's that's done by HBO I can tell that's done by A, a, a not so uh, Polished studio
2: Yeah And another point I want to raise um, Before I sort of Forget about it. Or the, or the moment goes past. I really want to sort of compare the intro music between the two the two shows. I'm so
0: glad you brought this up. This was going to be next, my next point.
2: And uh, our music, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Because well, I, I I really love the intros to both the Sons of Anarchy and the Sopranos. The music is just excellent, on point, and I think it portrays. Um, I think it portrays the the feel of the episodes really great. Sons of Anarchy is much more sort of in your face and brash, which I think sort of we've sort of alluded to in in our, in our sort of description and our. And our analysis of the episode so far. Whereas, uh, whereas Sopranos, I think, Shannon, would you agree? It's, it's much more subtle um, and uh, go.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a bit grimy and a little bit, it's, I, look, do yourself a favour, download the track um, and drive around your own suburb <laughs> with that music on. I have personally done it um, and I feel very powerful doing it. Like the, the opening shot is just Tony driving around, driving home. With mm. that song in the background, and I, there's something about it that makes me feel really powerful driving driving around with that song on. Um, I, it's a perfect encapsulation of what The Sopranos. It's the feel, the vibe that it gives you. Mm. It, it sets me up for for The Sopranos. Um, every the, the outro song of every Sopranos episode is different. They get a different um, outro music every time, and they've they've featured a lot of big artists through that. Um, but always pick really quirky, different songs to, to outro the music. I hated the music in Sons of Anarchy. Really didn't like any of it. I, I thought it was trying too hard.
1: Oh. I, I, think, I think that's what – I'm not sure that's what they were going. They weren't trying too hard. But I think that's what they were trying to do. Like Christian said, they were trying to be in your face and, and brash and um, you know, hard rock music yep. is what we're going to go for. Mm. Um, I, I, think, I think both really played music really well. I think I think they both used what they were they were trying to say in the episode uh, reflected in the music they chose um, and I, I want more agent Elvis oh that's oh. it's, it's, it's all I want can I confess yeah.
2: I am an Elvis fan so I really love that scene and I really love the use of um, Elvis's uh, Elvis songs towards the end of the episode I thought that was um, sensational especially the contrast when you talk about Bobby Elvis and he's he's this Elvis impersonator and he's he's Tra- playing to a bunch of um, Korean tourists and, and, and it's kind of a bit ludicrous. But then, you know, it's interspi- interspliced with, you know, scenes of violence and, um, and and that juxtaposition is really interesting. But he didn't drop character
1: once. He was Elvis. Even when getting beating, beaten up, he was Elvis. Mm. No, I
2: think we should all
0: take a second to admire Korean Elvis right here because <laughs> he's really the star of this this whole episode.
2: Does he come <laughs> back at all, you you If he doesn't get more airtime, time yes. Can you
0: confirm, does Korean Elvis return?
2: He does not, to the best of my life. Uh, no, it's I can't it's watch a it. no from
0: me now, thanks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> cut, the, cut the series, wind it up, boys. Yeah, I think, um, and, and, you know, the first hit when Corrine was cops a, a punch in the face, you know, you hear his teeth come out. So, you know, it's it's pretty full on. And, and you are right, um, you are right, Jake, he is very committed because even when he's lying on the ground, he's, you know, he's very much an Elvis person. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my Lord, oh, my
0: Lord. Yeah. Am- amazing, amazing, uh, you know, contribution to the show.
2: Mm, very well-known.
0: Um, all right. So, I'm, I'm dying to hear Jake's opinion more than anyone else's here because I, I need to know whether he would be prepared to watch more Sopranos or not.
1: To be honest, like, I know how much you love it, Shan, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not rushing to watch the second, third, fourth episode. I haven't, I haven't been hooked in to be I and I'd only literally, okay, put it this way, I would only watch it because of how much you rant about it.
0: And the I fact think- that I've never been wrong.
1: And, well, you, you've been wrong before, but the fact that you're that you're so adamant at how good it's going to be is literally the only reason why I watch it again. I, I, I didn't I didn't connect with the characters as much as you you wanted me to, um, and I didn't I didn't like his accent. I didn't like the the way they explained it. Yeah, I, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit disappointed in the first episode, only based on your high praise of it.
0: And and what about Sons of Anarchy? Is is that a show you go back to?
1: Look, I'll be honest. I started watching both episodes from *Sopranos* and *Sense of Anarchy*. Again, I'm 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 a bit meh on it. I'm a bit I don't if I have if I have to choose between the two, I'd be going on *Sopranos*. Um, but that, again, that's only because of your recommendation. I wasn't hooked in by either episode. I think I think the Jack's character is more relatable to me because maybe I'm a bit bit younger and and not Italian. Maybe I don't know. But I, I think if I was going to choose one, it'd only be surprise based on your recommendation, Shannon.
0: Okay, I'm disappointed um, and angry, so I can't even do that old saying. Uh, yeah, just,
2: the pain in your face yeah. is pretty is pretty uh, extraordinary, Shannon. I can gutted, see you have sort of mm. gutted, ladies. But but honestly, Shannon,
1: the first episode is it that good that you you had to watch another episode? Like I, I just I just can't I can't see someone going. I'm hooked. I need to see more. I just, I just can't it, it get me that straight feeling. away.
0: I hadn't seen it for a long time, and and don't didn't remember any details of the first episode. It sucked me in big time, like I, I would have from, kept watching.
1: But it it changes so much in the second episode already. Like I don't want to go into non-pilot, but it changes dramatically from the first episode anyway. You're kind of starting fresh with episode two.
0: Yeah. Oh look, let's let's get Christian's point. Because I'm a, I'm a yes to The Sopranos and I'm a no to Sons of Anarchy. So that's a nice and easy cool. one. Um, but I want to get Christian's take and then I want to take your point, Jacob, about pilots more generally.
2: Yeah. Look, I actually really enjoyed them both. Um, I think they're very much for different audiences and, and depending on what you actually want. Um, if, you, if you want a, a nuanced sort of subtle... Drama based um, program where you're going to be sort of sucked in and you're going to explore a number of different plot themes and and, and see the interaction between characters. I definitely one hundred percent choose the Sopranos. I think for longevity, Sopranos is going to, is going to be better. But I think um, I think Sons of Anarchy is is good fun to watch. It's definitely not as serious. Um, I don't think it will it will be something you'll go back to and rewatch. You know, in a couple of years' time, or it won't be a, it won't be a classic um, like the Sopranos is. But I still think it's it's worth the investment in, in watching if you just want to have a, a good adventure. I will say though, Sons of Anarchy rates an eight point six on
1: IMDb. Like I know um, a lot of people don't don't follow IMDb or their ratings, but an eight point six is ridiculously high uh, for a TV show for uh, that has eight seasons or so. But The Sopranos has a nine point two, um, and that's based on uh, three hundred thousand reviews. Um, Sopranos is obviously the I think, obviously, the more superior over the long period of time. And I think that's going to be shown from the first episode onwards. Like I think that you can just tell it's going to be an, like a, a classic if you put some time into it.
0: Yeah, look, I think, and, and this is the thing about pilots, is pilots are a, a good way for for creators to work out what works and what doesn't. And we've seen, you know, I, I always use the, the Seinfeld Chronicles, that pilot episode, as as the the, the mark to, to show people what we mean because if you've ever seen the Seinfeld Chronicles, that is a garbage show, and I would never watch that to season. And and I love Seinfeld, you know. But but that that was a show without lane that had another kind of wacky female character in it to to fill that void. Um, it it is a way to work out the kinks, and that's why it's interesting for us. Particularly, you know, it's interesting both ways if it's a show I've never seen before. To go and have a look at a, at its inception, how it starts and how that very much changes, but also if you're an invested in you're invested in this show and you've watched it over a length of time to go back and look at the pilot and see how much the characters and how much the show actually changes. What what it did for me watching Sopranos again was Tony doesn't change. the character The character grows, but the the at the heart, the essential heart of that character stays the same. It's it's very authentic in that first that first episode.
2: Yeah, and that's a really interesting point there, Shannon, because in Sons of Anarchy, the character of Jax definitely does change. Um, He he definitely, it's not just an evolution and a growth, he makes a number of different um, changes in the way he approaches things and decisions he makes through the series. So you definitely do see that. Um, And then. A lot of the times, you actually, as a viewer, won't agree with the decision, decisions that Jax is making. You think they're actually quite poor. Um, so it's a bit of an anti-hero sort of uh, sort of vibe that you get. Whereas I think it, what you're saying is Tony is an anti-hero all the way through, and he never really mm. changes.
0: And and the thing the thing that's fascinating to me is I think people underestimate how how good the top level movies are in in setting up characters, setting up a world introducing you to characters, getting you to care about them in an hour and a half or an hour and 45. These shows have had eight seasons, you know, to, to actually get the six, I think, for The Sopranos and, and eight for Sons of Anarchy, for you, to get you to care about these characters. And we see almost a movie-length pilot. And, and, and the criticism is, well, we don't really know these characters very well and we're not invested in them. That's That's an incredible feat for movies to be able to do you know, you think about your favourite movies where you've, you're invested in those characters without knowing any any of their background, save for something like the Marvel movies where you've got, you know, years and years of comic history to, to invest. But something like, say, Back to the Future where you're immediately invested in Marty and Doc's relationship um, mm. without without any, any background or history. I mean, the fact that movies can do that, I think TV pilots should almost try to shoot themselves like a movie. Um, and I think... Sons of Anarchy tried and didn't really get it. I reckon Sopranos was closer in being more cinematic than than Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, that's
2: interesting. Cinematic in terms of, I suppose, the, the story development, the character the development. Shot
0: the way it was shot for me was more cinematic mm. in terms. It was an old shot, like an old gangster movie, mm. to, in my mind. Um, and B, um, in the character development of the main central character, I felt was really fleshed out and developed by the time the episode finished. Um, mm. Versus. A whole bunch of kind of bits and pieces of, of Sons of Anarchy that we got. Yep,
2: I'll agree with you definitely on the on the on the I suppose the characters and, and um, laying the foundation for the story. But I didn't I didn't pick that up from the cinematography, in the camera work, or anything like that. And-
1: Sorry, I felt like you were standing there with the characters in, in the Sopranos. I felt like you were, mm. you were you were one of the members who were just standing in the background watching. Mm. Where I think you were kind of you kind of felt like you were in more of a movie, uh, TV world, with um, Sons of Anarchy. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, I, I just I, I I had very much casino. Vibes and and Godfather vibes, watching watching The Sopranos. And I think that was intentional to give us that old – because you enter that world and you kind of are already associating that with the the well-known mob movies – anyway so it was it was a deliberate tactic of shooting it like that in my Mm. in my eyes as well
2: and and also in the sopranos they directly reference a bunch of mob movies and 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 pop culture mob characters and things like that so they they, they effectively
0: says this this lives in our world in our universe Mm. that we all live in these guys are operating now and that's that gave it a very lived in sense of reality for me
2: i agree it felt very real whereas sons of anarchy you could you could tell it didn't feel it didn't feel as real it Mm. wasn't as authentic well, thanks for
0: joining us here on Hardly TV History. Just remember that you can always talk to us on masspodcasters at gmail.com or you can hit us up on Facebook. You can leave suggestions of, of TV shows you'd like us to do. Um, you can you can give us just a link and we'll find the TV shows if you want to just throw something at us and we'll see if, see how good we are at finding two shows that meet that link. You can leave us, you know, your recipe for meat life. I'm always interested in new recipes. That seems, seems nice. I make it movie themed, you know. Uh barbecued people from Sons of Anakin. That's a recipe you've got. Um, cannolis are very big in Sopranos. You can leave us some recipe for cannolis. I'll try and make them, uh, give them away. It's some sort of way uh, on this show. But that's it from us. Thanks very much for listening.
2: Thanks, everyone, for joining us. It's been great fun. Thanks for having us in your ears. The ear pleasure
0: was all ours. It certainly was, and absolutely no one else's. But thanks again for listening to Hardly TV History.
1: talent's here, let's go. Right, you want to warm up or anything first? No, I'm no. good. <clears throat> okay, hit me. Now remember, no cliches, funny, light, it's a podcast. Go. In a world. Always do this. It's the first one. But that's... that's it's what, the most but, obvious but one. But that's what good trends. No. No. Okay. Just no. On the edge of space. Shan, bedroom. House. Podcast. Us. Go. Jurassic Park meets Twilight. <laughs> Imagine that... Yeah, yeah. We're a podcast... We're not a movie. Dun, dun, dun. We Podcast. Us talking about movies. Is it just. Ju- no, no, just go. Is it because the no. j- T Rex no.
0: has little arms and couldn't stab <gasps> him in the chest with a stick? Go. A rooster and
1: a cat are friends? I know you're a cock, but this. Yeah, it's come on. Movies podcast. It's us talking about them. Go.
0: Two idiots have a podcast. They talk about movies and nonsense. If you'd like to join in that conversation, you can hit them up on masspodcasters at gmail.com or talk to them on Facebook. That's so hard? Yeah, my voice hurts a little. I've got a tickle and I actually think Jurassic Park and Twilight as a crossover would work. <sighs> Shut up.